Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, the ministry of Noah, the flood, and a tower of apostasy. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me curriculum for this coming week will bring us to Genesis 6 through 11 and Moses 8. Uh, Let's go ahead and start talking a little about the ministry of Noah. Now, if we just look in the Genesis account, we get something that's fairly short. Genesis 6, 1 through 4, let's start with that. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, hunt men of renown. Okay, so that's Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Um, now, there's, uh, there's all sorts of stuff that people have read into this. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wives and they bore children that were giants. And uh, many people look at this. This brings in the, the concept, the legend of the Nephilim, which are like this hybrid between something that's divine. The idea that was that angels forsook their their assignment and intermarried with um, some of the children of men on the earth. And that created these fantastic creatures, these giants. Now, um, the book of Moses and the Pearl of Great Price, I think, helps us to get a little more clarity besides just some of the legends that people came up with after the fact. So let's read um, in Moses 8, and we'll start in verse 12. And Noah was 450 years old and begat Japheth, and 42 years afterward he begat Shem of her who was the mother of Japheth. And when he was 500 years old, he begat Ham. And Noah and his sons hearkened unto the Lord and gave heed, and they were called the sons of God. And when these men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, the sons of men saw that those daughters were fair, and they took them wives even as they chose. And the Lord said unto Noah, The daughters of thy sons have sold themselves. For behold, mine anger is kindled against the sons of men, for they will not hearken to my voice." And it came to pass that Noah prophesied and taught the things of God, even as it was in the beginning. And the Lord said unto Noah, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he shall know that all flesh shall die, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. If men do not repent, I will send in the floods upon them. 
And in those days there were giants on the earth, and they sought Noah to take away his life. But the Lord was with Noah, and the power of the Lord was upon him. And the Lord ordained Noah after his own order, and commanded him that he should go forth and declare his gospel unto the children of men, even as it was given unto Enoch. And it came to pass that Noah called upon the children of men that they should repent, but they hearkened not unto his words. And also, after that they had heard him, they came up before him, saying, Behold, we are the sons of God. Have we not taken unto ourselves the daughters of men, and are we not eating and drinking, and marrying and giving in marriage? And our wives bear unto us children, and the same are mighty men, which are like unto men of old, of men of great renown. And they hearken not unto the words of Noah. So, as we can see from that reading, that was uh, 12 through 21 in Moses 8. That's a lot more information. That really expands our understanding. It clarifies that humanity was the one who had were, were seeing the daughters of men, these sons of God uh, who should have known better, were uh, obsessed with, with getting these women, and the women had kind of sold themselves into this idea that they could be a part of this culture and everything would be okay. They were not interested in what Noah had to say. The concept of needing to repent did not uh, was not something they liked. They felt like they were already prosperous. They didn't need God to bless them. They were doing well already. Of course, that's super dangerous. Super dangerous. Um, so it was a bad time for human beings. Enoch and his city were gone. Noah, from the old patriarchs, really had only his grandfather left. His father Lamech had passed away. Uh, Methuselah was still around. Um, and even his own, his own grandchildren seemed to have forsaken the truth and allied themselves with these world powers uh, who were uninterested in Jesus Christ. So giants, they're not mystical beings. They're not like part angel. They were human beings. Um, and as with all human beings, the Lord wanted to save them. But they utterly hated the Lord and any messenger that he would send. They sought to kill Noah. Okay, well, at some point, Human babies being born into the world, they no longer even had an opportunity to fulfill the purposes of mortality. Humanity was filled with the desire to do evil continually. God describes them as having wicked imaginations and their hearts stirred up to do wickedness continually. Um, the King James Version of the Bible describes the Lord claiming that it repented him that he made man. Now, God was not surprised by what his children were doing. He, had, he knew what was going to happen. This, this wasn't like, a, oh, what an unexpected result. He knew exactly what would happen. Um, and he did not have to repent. 
this this wasn't a, a matter of he regretted human beings being made. Um, he knew what he was doing when he started. He knew what the plan was all along. And the Book of Moses, again, provides some important clarification that Moses was pained in his, or that, not Moses, Noah was pained in his heart, or that it repented Noah that God had made man. Because his children consistently betrayed him. The children of God were not fulfilling their purpose. Humanity needed a fresh start in order to give human beings a chance at doing what mortality was for. And so, God gave Noah instructions to construct for himself and his family and many kinds of animal life an ark. An ark that would protect them against the coming flood. Of course, Noah, being faithful, obeyed the Lord. He built the ark. He gathered the animals as God had asked. The year before the flood, Methuselah, his grandfather, passed away, having lived 969 years. He saw humanity mostly fail, with only his grandson Noah and his immediate family providing hope for the future. Kind of a, a bleak outlook, but we would hope that having been there uh, in earlier days, that he would have known, uh, you know, from his own father, Enoch, that things were going to work out. It was going to be okay. In the 600th year of Noah's life, the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. It not only rained, but it truly flooded for 40 days and 40 nights. And this unstoppable outpouring of water, of course, it lifted up the ark. The high hills and the mountains were covered. All land creatures, except those preserved in the ark, died. And only eight people, of all the men and women and children that were on the face of the earth, only eight were saved. The waters of the of the flood increased in depth for 150 days, and then after this time, the fountains of the deep were stopped up, and it stopped raining, and the waters began to decrease. So that's still a long time. It's not just like Noah was in there for 40 days in the ark. Uh, it was it was a long time, and we'll talk about that. In fact, for five months. Uh, after drifting with the strong wind that the Lord sent over the flooded earth, um, the ark rested, uh, Genesis tells us, upon the mountains of Ararat. It may or may not be the location of modern Mount Ararat. We don't know. But after 10 months, so this is significantly longer than just 40 days and 40 nights, the tops of the mountains could be seen, not accessed, just seen. Noah opened up the window of the ark and he sent a raven and it kind of flew around. It, it couldn't really go anywhere yet. He sent out a dove. It couldn't land anywhere and it returned back to Noah and he brought it back into the ark. And he waited a week and again released the dove. And this time 
it returned with an olive leaf, so that Noah knew the waters were abated, that plant life was returning to the earth. Now, he didn't immediately go out. He released the dove again, um, but it did not return. It, it, it was gone. It was okay now. Now, after a year on the ark, Noah still, even after doing this, uh, stayed in the ark. But after a year of being in the ark, the Lord spoke to Noah and commanded him to leave. Whereupon he left and immediately, even though there's a great shortage of animal life on the earth, he built an altar and he offered animal sacrifice. I think that's kind of notable that, that he recognized immediately the most important thing above everything else is honoring God. That is more important than any other need that we have. Um, the Lord responded to this uh, sacrifice, this faithful sacrifice, with a covenant he describes to Moses things that he expects from human beings, the murder, the rampant secret combinations that had been in the old days, the days of Cain, these old secret murders and things. That was not going to be the situation anymore. We were going to stop that. Anybody who murdered would be killed. By men shall his blood be shed. He also renewed his commandment to Adam and Eve and told them to multiply and replenish the earth. Uh, that didn't go away, but it was now especially renewed. Human beings were ready to again be on the earth. And he promised in this covenant that he would never again destroy the earth in a flood and for a token showed a rainbow in the clouds above. So you'd think that after this dramatic event, being in the ark a year, this incredible event, that human beings would for a long time hold to the truths of God. In fact, only a few generations later, there was already a villain on the face of the earth. Noah's youngest son, Ham, had a son named Cush, and Cush had a son named Nimrod. Now, Genesis describes Nimrod as a mighty hunter before the Lord. Other accounts indicate that he was a hunter of men. He was a murderer. He was not a good guy. He was a villain. Um, and he, at the beginning of his kingdom, we read from Genesis, was old Babel and Akkad, and there's some others that are named, in the land of Shinar. Well, what's immediately described as happening in the land of Shinar? Let's read. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. 
And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So it might seem a little odd that the Lord would be upset with a tower. I mean, he's not anti-building, otherwise there would be no temples. He's not anti-city, otherwise there would be no city of Zion or Jerusalem. He's not even anti-tower. King Benjamin used his tower to teach righteousness to his people. And the problem was the goal of this building was something besides aesthetic and practical value. They were trying to get to heaven without following God. They wanted an alternate way to be able to ignore the Lord. Now, of course, this is a problem because God has been begging people from the beginning at this point to please go to the one way to get back. That was the good news of the gospel, that you could get back to heaven and the presence of God. But the name of that way is Jesus Christ. You can't build something else to a similar effect. People who wanted some other way, um, I mean, the motivations for this, there's some speculation that, that people have offered. For example, uh, some people suggested that if God uh, had ever wanted to again flood the earth up at the heights of a great tower that towered above the mountains, they would be untouchable even by God. They could do anything they wanted and God could not stop them. Um, whether or not that's actually the perspective that they have, uh, it was absolutely a rebellion against God. And God showed that he did not need a flood to bring the consequences of sins upon the children of men. Simple confounding their language uh, was enough to just ruin this project. Like, you're not going to frustrate God's plans with some end around. He knows what's coming. He was there in the beginning and he's seen it all. He knows exactly what's happening. There is, as he taught, only one way. There's only one choice. It's either you choose Christ or you will be left alone. It's always better with Christ. You can't trick your way into heaven. There's only one way. It's Jesus Christ. 
Now, it might appear that you can ignore God and his prophets. Uh, the people in the days of Noah, they, they weren't concerned by uh, in the day that the waters began to rise on the earth. But in the end, those who neglect their true purpose will regret their choices. And I think finally, one thing to think about with this whole story is the great tragedy um, of, of the Old Testament that Noah and his, his life represented. I mean, he was there beforehand to see everything fall apart after the departure of Zion. And he, then he was there after the flood, after restarting everything, to see his children fall into the same apostasy that they had from before. It's vital that we learn from this tragedy that we are careful to always remember the Lord, to not forget his covenants, because those who are not careful from them, they will slip away. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will be looking at Genesis 12 through 17 and Abraham 1 and 2, talking about Abraham. Of course, there's a lot we did not cover um, in our reading uh, for this week. So please study that individually and with your family. And as always, fight on. Fight on.